0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Spartan Spotlight podcast. I'm Justin Thind. I'm here with my co-host Corey Robinson. Uh, today we wanted to do an episode kind of looking at the state of 2023 recruiting. Then we'll obviously also talk about the upcoming Spartan.com too and the talent that's coming up this weekend. And also we'll talk about some basketball recruiting at the end. So uh, we wanted to come back and kind of give some updates on MSU basketball and football, and that's what we're going to do today. So how are you doing today, Corey?
1: I'm doing good. I uh, kind of got to recharge a little bit this month compared to uh, the last couple of months of May and June. So yeah. uh, kind of getting fresh and ready to jump back into everything.
0: Yeah, I see the program didn't want us to recharge too much as they sent out a a lot of offers today and um, now uh, a lot of 2024s to get updates from in the coming days but that's that's what makes it fun so um, yeah I guess just looking at 2023 um, the quick hitters um, they got a they got quite a few four-star commitments in June and uh, now the Spartans currently have nine four-star commitments in the 2023 class which ties a program record in the 24-7 sports era. Um, That is obviously with several months to go here. Uh, They're going to obviously be resetting the board here, looking at a lot of targets. Um, Some that might be committed elsewhere, some that they're going to be looking at to see how they do in their senior year, some that are just emerging on the scene. So obviously we would expect them to go ahead and break that record that they're currently tied for. Um, In terms of... Uh, I guess there's a a bit of a slump, I suppose, uh, a perceived slump here recently. Uh, Some of the losses uh, have come to programs that operate in a certain way. There's uh, five or six programs that I have talked about that um, have, I guess, a bit of a reckless spending habit. Um, Those programs are not the traditional powers like Alabama, Georgia and those schools. It is other schools um, that are down in the southeast and um one in the pacific northwest and we'll talk a little bit about some of these losses and um who they're to. but before i turn this into a long monologue Corey, i guess what are your initial just surface level thoughts on the 2023 class so far where we currently sit and uh just what do you think about recruiting this cycle
1: yeah i think i mean obviously uh they started out really hot they didn't miss on a lot of their plan a guys uh He's, like you mentioned uh all the four stars that they got by june uh i think even i mean you look at by job uh top 100 defensive end out of oklahoma and uh cole dellinger the four-star offense lineman out of clarkston so i mean it wasn't a, a total loss in july but i mean obviously uh it didn't go the way they they wanted to finish but i mean if you look at uh look at the start uh it's already on pace to be one of the best classes Michigan State signed in a really long time so so I mean I guess you gotta look at it with perspective and maybe uh you know what did they get early you got your quarterback in the class and Bo Edmondson that they wanted uh Kedrick Rosano you locked up early the four-star uh running back out of Texas um Brendan Parachek, the first commit in the class, the four-star tight end. So I think offensively, uh, they're, they're still feeling pretty good where they are. They got to land a couple of uh, offensive tackles, I think, to kind of seal the deal with the offensive class. Uh, defensively, uh, I think they got. that's where the side of the ball that they got a lot of work left to do to kind of get us to where this class is going.
0: Yeah, I think they definitely have done a great job on offense. Um, And then now, like you said, the tackles need to be filled in here. I know they have um, a couple options. Uh, Obviously, Stanton Ramel, who is um, considering Tennessee and Michigan State. Pretty quiet recruitment there, but it seems to be a two-team battle. And I guess we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. And you posted an update on the Shawland VIP board of Taliafi Tala from, I believe, Utah who is a four-star prospect, really tall, great uh, wingspan. Um, Probably needs to add a a couple pounds once he enrolls in college, but that's a great option right there. And obviously I'm sure they'll expand the board too, but they're in a good spot with two of those guys. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, offense is looking good for the most part. Defense um, probably need one more corner at least. Um, Like that, that would be a need of at least one. I'm sure they'll probably look to add maybe two or three. And then safeties, they need at least two there. So we'll be waiting to see the the board reset. We'll also look to see um, which of the targets that are committed elsewhere that they continue to recruit. I guess we'll find out more about that as we head into the season and see who tries to visit for a game. And then linebacker, I think they're good in my opinion. I don't think that in a four-two-five scheme, you really need to crowd up on linebackers, especially since I would argue that linebacker is probably the easiest position to find in the portal. Um, and I think in that regard, um, obviously you would like to build through the high school ranks, but I don't think you should take a flyer on a high school kid at a position that's easy to fill through the portal. And um, defensive end, they have two really, really good ones, and by Joe and Andrew DePape, like you were saying, Um, They'll probably take a third just so um, they can maximize BT Jordan's presence and give him another guy to train and develop and increase the odds of them hitting on some defensive ends. Um, Defensive tackle, um, like you were saying, that's another area where they can expand the board a bit. So I guess, uh, yeah, we're looking at uh, the defensive back room and seeing what happens there in the next uh, few months. Defensive tackle room, we're kind of in a wait and see mode. Um, offensive tackles. They have some targets already on the board, some they might need to expand to, but other than that, that kind of summarizes uh, the positions where we're in a wait and see mode. And then the other ones they're in pretty good shape for. So I guess the next thing to look at is um, how they ended up in a position where they need to reset the board at, at some of these positions um, the way that I've been explaining it on the Lane VIP board is that several of their losses have been just flat out losses. Um, you can look at a few names like, you know, at uh, Jelani Thurman, uh, Elliot Washington. Um, they didn't they went to schools that I'm sure NIL was a factor, but they're not known to be spending recklessly or anything of that nature. But. A lot of the other names, um, some four-star corners uh, from out west, um, defensive end from the Pacific Northwest, um, some five-star running back from Texas, a lot of these targets, anywhere from seven to ten of these targets, went to the handful, these small handful of schools that are spending well above market value for some of these players. So the perception that gets created from that is, oh, Michigan State is not competitive in NIL, um, or, wow, they're just losing left and right. But if you really look at it, they lost two guys to Louisville in Madden Sanker and Ruben Owens. They lost, um, so far, they have lost Jaden Wayne to Miami. Um, Many expect Samson Okalola to end end up there as well. So that would be two guys to Miami there. Um, You look at Texas uh, with Peyton Kirkland. Uh, So you start to kind of see a grouping of a lot of these guys ending up in in certain places where those are the schools spending quite a bit, allegedly, and it just creates a perception that Michigan state is far behind, but really it's a very, very select few. And if you kind of look at it, even Alabama is losing their top target in Samson Oklahoma, to Miami. if, If things pan out as expected and Alabama should not be losing targets to Miami. So if they are, then Michigan State doing so is not that unrealistic. So, Corey, what do you kind of have to say about um, that discussion point of who Michigan State is losing these guys to and maybe the pattern that's there and maybe does it make Michigan State look worse than really the facts of it are?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think uh, that's probably the spot where people are trying to really learn how to, to quantify what it means because it's new you know like obviously guys have always been getting paid uh under the table or behind the thing but now it's out there and you're seeing more people do it and then you're like you mentioned there's that handful of teams that have uh now that it's legal have decided to up the the cost of players where like 10 by 10 times sometimes where that just doesn't make any sense uh, a defensive end that was worth 300,000 should still be somewhere in that range, uh, NIL or not, but you got a few teams that are uh, expanding the price tags. And uh, I don't think that's a sustainable thing for most of the teams. Uh, I think Oregon's maybe a team that could be sustainable just because uh, the Nike owner, Phil Knight, who's uh, pounding all that money into them. He's made his entire career off of uh marketing athlete so like he he'll be comfortable but i don't know that miami and louisville especially and arkansas and some of those other schools are gonna be able to do that year in and year out so and then you also got to look at it beyond that one guy uh where michigan state alabama georgia ohio state most of these schools uh they're not trying to get into those huge crazy bidding wars because that's the type of stuff that's going to rip a uh, locker room apart. If you got one guy making, uh, over a million dollars a year, while well, you have a uh, half of your roster, not really making anything. So most programs are going with the model of Michigan state is that they want everybody to kind of eat, you know, and be a team where obviously there's certain players that are stars. They're always going to make a little bit more, but you know, that's not, uncommon but the giving those huge nil deals to get kids to commit to your school uh that's going to have repercussions down the end or down the line uh in the locker room then if you pay a million dollars to a kid for instance and then he doesn't pan out or he gets injured then then what happens you know you got the donors like oh I paid this guy a million dollars why is this guy that we're not paying starting in front of him so I mean it just creates a a whole new issue so I guess I, I would be concerned if it was just straight up losses which it's not but Michigan State has a plan in place and a vision and what they expect you know this whole thing to look like and they haven't deterred from that so they're staying on the path of what what they need to set out and accomplish it's just going to be some bumps in the road as teams kind of figure it out
0: yeah i think um i don't know if i forgot anybody last time but to put it succinctly i kind of uh put a list here together in the last five or ten seconds where if you look at some michigan state's top targets and for terrence green and samson oklahoma they haven't committed but that's chris of all is a strong indicator where those guys are going so this is how I would um, kind of summarize it. Oregon landed slash will land Caleb Presley and Terrence Green. Miami has landed slash will land Jaden Wayne, Samson Okanlola. Louisville has landed Ruben Owens, Madden Sanker. Texas has landed Peyton Kirkland. Texas AM has landed Chase Vasantis, who kind of seemed like Rutgers and Michigan State were the two that were out in front there for a while until the end. So That is um, eight names going to five of those big spending programs. So yeah, so eight of Michigan State's top, top targets seem to have gone to schools that are spending like that. But those five schools are only five of the 130 FBS schools. So theoretically, Michigan State could, for all we know, be the sixth best funded NIL program in the nation. But it would look like, based on the perception of this trend, that Michigan State is way far behind when in actuality they could be better than 124 programs. So that's what's tricky right now is a lot of people are just have a defeatist attitude about it and, oh, MSU just simply doesn't have NIL money or um, everyone is just uh, beating MSU with NIL. Really, it's five teams. And that's what it, that's what it is right now. Michigan state probably um, could have had a a few more backup options at this point, but who was to really know who was going to be spending at what market level in advance. And MSU was in great shape with a lot of these guys. And it's those five schools or so that just keep making the trend, seem more lopsided than it is in terms of NIL resources.
1: Corey. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, these guys aren't signed yet. So that's true. So Now, how many of these offers are going to be legitimate and real? Because, I mean, you've seen at USC, uh, they've kind of gotten uh, some public uh, notoriety, I guess you could say, uh, for not coming through with their offers. Uh, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, the Blitnikoff winner uh, from Pitt kind of publicly stated that he hasn't gotten nearly half of the stuff that they promised him when he went there. And, uh, I know it's going well beyond that, uh, talking to people in California, you're going to see some ripple effects in the high school class that they have right now too, because the same thing, uh, these promises aren't hitting the bank accounts like they, like they said it was going to. So, uh, that's what another layer that we're kind of all learning this together. And, you know everybody can make a promise that that sounds good but you gotta and tell right. them the kids that they gotta jump really quick but then when that deal falls apart guess what happens to those kids that went there solely for nil right. yeah. like that that yeah. opens it back up like uh i know on uh the spartan dog for life show you guys had saeed on there and mm-hmm. he even mentioned it he said that's game on at this point yeah. so so he he understands too that that a lot of these promises being made to these kids, not all of them are going to get followed right. through. Yeah, And those kids, you know, once it's time to put the, the rubber to the road, you know, they're not as tied to that program if they'd made yeah. that decision for NIL reasons only. So yeah. uh, definitely stay tuned with some of the names that, you know, you've agonized over losing right now uh, until they sign. Some yeah. of those aren't going to be done
0: yeah and even if they do sign said also said in that um in that interview um we'll see you in the portal so but yeah going back to e- even if uh, if they don't sign um one of the other things to mention in that conversation is um said had mentioned that michigan state some of the negative recruiting that they're getting hit with on the trail right now is that other coaches are saying oh that was only one season it's a flash in the pan and um if Michigan state goes ahead and wins nine or more games this year, I think what's going to happen is a lot of that negative recruiting is going to be wiped away before signing day. And a lot of these kids that were not willing to go to Michigan state and maybe give them a discount and maybe go to the second or third best NIL offer might be willing to do so. Then if their heart is there, they believe in the coaches and their negative recruiting, they were getting hit with gets wiped out this fall too. So, yeah, your point of the NIL deals might fall through. Nothing is signed. Nothing is guaranteed. And the negative recruiting that the Spartans are getting hit with right now, also potentially being wiped out by December, has um, kind of a dual-pronged sense of optimism that a lot of these kids that committed elsewhere might give MSU a better chance and maybe a couple of them might flip here. So definitely something to keep in mind. Um, I think that pretty much touches on the landscape of 2023. We'll obviously have more as more names come out um, over on the Shaw Lane VIP board and going to be an exciting um, August um, and obviously in season recruiting period in that regard with the fluidity that remains at some of those positions. Um, But up next, the 2024 Spartan dog con visitor list Um, that is looking very impressive. So, I guess the first thing I would say is to go ahead and check out the Shaw Lane VIP board for the list. Corey has been putting in tons of work, getting those names together. I contributed some as well. Stephen Brooks as well. So right now, I believe I need to recount, but I would say there are 30 names on the list, maybe 29, maybe 31, um, and 25 of them or more are four stars or five stars, And that is elite-level talent right there. I know that people are probably getting tired of me saying every event is unprecedented. First, I said it for the spring game. Then I said it for the June OVs. um, And now I'm going to say it again for the second annual Spartan.com. And the reason is, is if you can show me a single day like June 30th is going to have, if you can show me a single day in the Michigan State football program history where 25 four stars or more were in attendance, then I would be wrong to use the word unprecedented, but I do not believe you can find me such a day. So what a list, Corey, what are the highlights for you on on this list? Maybe certain names, certain geographical trends. What do you see here?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Jake Merklinger, the top 100 quarterback out of Georgia. uh, You know, he's a guy that's visited Michigan State i think probably like four or five times uh, already and he's going to be here again this weekend uh you know to get him back on campus for this event around the alumni the current players uh you know that's a perfect setup for a quarterback that the the staff absolutely loves and then i mean you talked about the the sheer numbers of four and five stars if you look at it you have uh, four or five stars yep. all out of region uh four different states georgia uh for kj bolden an elite athlete uh i believe he's in the top five in the class uh tj capers the linebacker from florida uh, number one linebacker in the class uh elijah rushing uh out of arizona uh, five-star mm-hmm. defensive end and then uh, David Stone, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, who's at IMG Academy now. Right. Uh, where I, I know you've mentioned him as kind of compared him to the, the David DJ Hicks of the 2024 class, mm-hmm. where just an absolute dominant player. So uh, you look at those guys, uh, obviously they're going to catch your name being the five stars. And then just beyond that, there's just so many other names that it'd almost be impossible to pick one out whether yeah. uh, like i personally i like uh is a davion sims out of oklahoma mm-hmm. with a c4 uh we got to watch him at camp you know so we got to see him in person and see what he looks yeah. like and watch him move uh i think another guy i think he's in the top 100, 100 too in 2024 where Michigan State, uh him and by Joe are really mm-hmm. close friends, the Michigan State commit. They have yeah. uh Sean Cooper, their trainer at C4. Yeah. Uh so he he's a name that definitely catches my mind, or my eye when I look at it yeah. to go along with the the top quarterback in those five stars.
0: Yeah. And and one of those five stars who you just mentioned, David Stone, he's also part of that uh Sean Cooper C4 training group. And um Cooper was telling us that he actually was planning on coming up to Michigan State the same time when By Job was doing his um official and um when Xavier Xavier Smith did his unofficial, but that was the day he uh, was, he wanted to go to a rivals camp and um, compete against some of the best. So uh, that's why he didn't come, but yeah, so he was planning to also come earlier than this, but now he'll, he'll get to come up for this event. And like you said, he's uh, over at IMG. Now he's originally from Oklahoma. So that's why he's uh, close friends with Sims and Job. Um, But then obviously Michigan States, 2023, Uh, linebacker commit Jordan Hall is at IMG right now. So, uh, some, uh, some ties there to Michigan state that make him the early front runner for maybe possibly the most likely five-star to commit, but obviously it's way too early to say that with any sort of certainty. Um, also he has family up in Wisconsin. Um, that, so he visited here in several summers in the past so he's a guy that is not going to have a culture shock to the Midwest or be strongly opposed to coming this far up. I know Wisconsin's not just a short drive or anything like that, but it shows that he's acclimated to, to playing in this part of the country possibly. Uh, but yeah, Jake Merklinger, the other three, five stars that you mentioned, um, those guys stick out to me as well. And then King Joseph Edwards uh, from Georgia defensive end, uh, I think also plays a little bit of tight end, but Um, He's one of the highest rated edge players in the nation. He's one of the Georgia guys coming up. Um, Obviously KJ Bolden, the five-star you touched on, he's also from Georgia. He is from Buford High School, uh, where obviously Malik Spencer is from. Um, We also have Zion Ferguson and Jalen Crawford, two top 200 corners from the state of Georgia. So a lot of top tier, top 200 Georgia talent here. At Michigan State um and then yeah just lots of other talents scrolling through um obviously in-state four-star guys like Jacob Odin um are coming up here um four-star tight end Dylan Messman is coming up here uh quite a few Illinois guys that um our guy Alan True um went ahead and reported for us so the talent is off the charts here um what do you think it does Corey? for these kids to come up here on the same weekend that so many former alums are here darian harris told us last night on the sd for all show that they expect over 200 visitors which is a over a 50 percent increase from last year what does that do? do what do you expect uh the impact of this entire weekend to have on this crop of visitors
1: yeah i think it's gonna have a huge impact it's not something that they get to see at a lot of places uh and I mean, there's not really that many opportunities for him to see it at Michigan State. So to be at this event right. is a, a big deal. You know, you're going to see whether it's uh, guys in the NFL, guys that played in the NFL, uh, guys that are just around the program uh, telling their stories and the, seeing, you know, uh, the former players interact with each other and how that those relationships uh lasted well beyond their three to five years that they were at michigan state and you know all of these guys are still uh close with each other still talk to each other go on vacations with their family and you're just gonna see all that camaraderie and how big how big it really is that it's more than just your uh three years here uh i think that's the biggest thing and then i think uh you know we mentioned a lot of the the georgia and florida and all that Another thing that impressed me with that list is uh, how well they did in the Midwest with it too, because that's kind of been an area where maybe they haven't targeted the top guys as hard as we're used to seeing at Michigan state where you're starting to see, I think there's four of the top line offensive linemen from Ohio are here. You got uh, a lot of the top players in Illinois. So I think you're seeing a good blend of the Midwest and the region, And the national recruiting pitch, though, and that's what they'll see when they come with all those players. You're going to have players that came from down in Florida and Georgia and the guys that are local. So I just think it it gives a rare opportunity that these guys don't get really anywhere else uh, and hardly anywhere else, I guess. And they just get to soak it all in and see what it's all about at Michigan State. Yeah, I think uh, it's
0: a great point. This is a very well-rounded, balanced geographical breakdown here and um, a lot of uh, renewed Midwest emphasis. I think the 2024 class uh, just looks a little better in the Midwest uh, than than some previous cycles. And I obviously, we'll see if that progresses through the junior and senior years. Um, some other classes have looked good in the, for a minute and then kind of fizzled out, but I think it's a good Midwest class early on. So, a lot of lot of talent from all over the place. Uh, I think, yeah, the, the takeaways the kids are going to have is that this is a one-of-a-kind event. A lot of schools can talk about family environment and they can talk about things like that, but not a lot of schools can have 200 people come up um, to hang out at the coach's house all on one day. Um, while recruits are there, that's not something that can be manufactured. And if that's not proof enough um, of how unique this event is, then once again, you can refer to the visitors list and almost all these kids had offers from Georgia, Alabama, and those schools that are much closer to where they live, which probably wouldn't have even cost them a plane ticket. But instead, they're using this weekend to come all the way up to Michigan um, to visit Michigan State. And that is a concrete indicator of how unique they already know this event is. And um, I think that is a good way to summarize that. But Anything else on football recruiting before we touch on some exciting, I guess, basketball developments?
1: Um, I think we got it covered. I mean, I think uh, definitely stay tuned to Shaolane as uh, new names emerge on the list because I do think we're going to see a a ton of new names uh, jumping on the the recruiting board for twenty twenty three. I think you're going to see some some names that are familiar. Hopefully. Uh, jumping into the class to kind of increase that number but uh yeah it's definitely some unprecedented time unprecedented times for me so uh it'll be exciting and kind of weird in a way to see new names pop up this late but uh this is the staff that you know scours the entire country so I I have faith that they'll be able to find some top talent that we haven't been ever talked about yet
0: yeah, I think at, at like some of the positions, the reason I'm not worried is um, you look at who's coaching there. Um, you look at Brandon Jordan, uh, Marco Coleman, um, Kevin Bickerson in the D-line room. Yeah, so right now they might not have um, a lot of feasible defensive tackle targets. I know David Hicks um, is somebody that they still believe they have a good shot with, but I think that board can expand and have some very good options there at defensive tackle and the defensive end recruiting is proof of that being a tangible expectation. So not worried at all. Kind of, you can even call it blind faith that the defensive tackle room should be fine. Um, Eventually, even if we don't know all the names yet, Um, I think um, DB's um, Mel uh, might need to get involved some more himself. And I'm sure he'll be willing to do that if he feels that that's the need. And that's kind of a reason why, despite not knowing a lot of names, I think that um, Mel personally having to do some heavy lifting can always remedy that and uh, not too worry there. And uh, then after that, that pretty much just leaves um, the offensive tackles. And that's a position where they already have two very feasible, very attainable four-star targets. And if they first, if they land those two, that's pretty much the wraps up the class. So it's not like you have a long way to go, but um, I have, Faith and Coach Cap in terms of closing out that class. So uh, that pretty much is a summary of what is kind of on the forefront in terms of what we're looking for, what we're waiting for, and we're recruiting Stan so far and the excitement in 2024. But next, we're going to talk about some basketball good news. If you did not see, I have placed a crystal ball for Xavier Booker to choose Michigan state with a confidence level of five and a Corey feels similarly optimistic there as well. Um, This is a recruitment where coach Izzo has gone all in. He has not probably seen his own family as much as he has seen Xavier Booker these past few months. And um, just, just an all out blitz by coach Izzo and assistants, Mark Montgomery and others. I think you can see um I think you can expect to see that pan out and pay off for Michigan State here in the next few weeks uh, barring any major surprises. Devin Royal, um, my intel tells me that Ohio State has taken a lead there. Um I had a second source kind of confirm that today a bit. So, it's not over. Michigan State has um done a lot to stand out and make it a two-team race, and anytime it's a two-team race and no silent verbal has been given to either school yet, both teams have a fighting chance, so not counting out Michigan State there yet, but definitely not as easy of a battle as maybe we thought it might have been a few weeks ago. And the most exciting to me, um, obviously the crystal ball for Booker is obviously very exciting, but seeing Cohen Carr and Garrick Normand, two wingers, join the recruiting board And, uh, Garrick, um, Norman is actually uh, already on his official visit, which started today. I would expect him to leave campus with an official offer. Um, he does not have one yet. Neither does Cohen Carr, but Michigan state likes to spend some time with the recruits before they offer them. So that's just a formality at this point, in my opinion, uh, Garrick is a knockdown three point shooter also plays with some spark dunks on some guys, turns around and talks to them afterwards. Um, he's a Texas, um, six, five, six, six shooting guard. Um, I know immediately people compare him to Matt McQuaid. Um, I don't think that's that lazy of a comparison. It's not, um, just you look at him and you say Matt McQuaid. I think he plays with that edge that Cueto had obviously the same region. Um, but he, he can shoot and he can dunk and Cueto was, was not just some finesse three point shooter. He had that dog in him. So, I like that comparison and Cohen Carr um, I've heard um, through like just Twitter and other people that have watched him play that he has a vertical above well above 40 inches. Um, If that is true he would be Michigan State's most athletic player in quite a while Um, and he's a guy that shows that around the rim. I think he might need to touch up his uh, outside stroke a little bit but that's the reason he's a top 50 60 ish player not a top 10 15 player so everybody can't have every tool at this point but um that's kind of what i have there Corey. when you hear all of this and um what do you see in terms of the temperature check on michigan state basketball's recruiting um at this point of the 2023 cycle and obviously jeremy fears is already committed and we're both really really excited about what he can bring to michigan state so what's your overall um i guess thought uh for Michigan State recruiting stands for basketball.
1: Yeah, it's good that you mentioned uh Jeremy Fears. I think he's a guy uh that he's had a really good summer. I think he's elevated uh kind of his ceiling almost or got closer to his ceiling, I should say. And I think he's kind of he's always been a confident player, but I feel like he's finding that next gear of discomfort. Uh when you saw him with the team USA with all those other star players, he was the guy that uh was yelling and directing and taking the charge so that's a great thing uh all of michigan state's best teams have had those uh strong point guards so uh great summer out of him as far as xavier booker i mean that's a a game-changing recruit i think uh you could put him up there with uh like maybe go back to what jaron jackson yeah uh, as far as just impact and the the type of talent you're talking about with him uh i'll i'll throw it in there now I, I got the shaw lane crystal ball in there for him to mm. come to michigan state along with you guys uh that have put the actual crystal ball in uh i think Izzo's just separated from the pack and just showing him that you know he shows up to everything so yeah like that's huge i think that kind of uh He's the type of recruit that maybe changes the entire outlook of the program for some of the people that maybe thought Izzo was losing it. Uh, you get a player like that, and it's instant. And I think that's something we always talked about is with basketball. It's You're always one superstar away from changing the entire outlook, and that's what Booker would be to Michigan State. And then uh, Royal, I think you touched on him. I think he's a guy that has always – the type of player that's always succeeded under Izzo I think it'd be smart for him to come here just because he's always kind of developed those guys that maybe need to get a little better shape uh and find some more athleticism uh but yeah the car guy like I know you and I have talked about him like I I love him just with that athleticism I think uh michigan state's always had those uh wings that can jump on their best team so even if it's the third or fourth best player on your team uh just to have a guy that can change the game athletically or you get a big dunk that gets the crowd into it stuff like that uh goes a lot further than even a stat sheet or that and then i haven't got a chance to watch the the kid who's on campus right now but uh but i i I do like what what i've heard from you and dk uh as far as uh, him being a shooter, I think that's absolutely critical in basketball today and then having that fiery edge. So uh, it's good to see that he's expanded the board and not waited too long to wait for a Royal and all of that. So uh, I, I have a feeling uh, Michigan State fans will be really excited and uh, ready to see what's next if uh, they land a couple of these kids.
0: Yeah, the the funniest thing was right when um... – uh, the Cohen car interest went public and um, I was talking to um, another division one assistant coach um, that coaches elsewhere. Um, and I was just talking about Michigan state recruiting and um, we were saying like, okay, Devin Royal is that small ball four that can do everything pretty much like Malik Hall Booker is, we know who he is fears. We know who he is. Um, and then Keon Karr, um uh car is just um, off the charts, athletic, All they needed, I said, was the kind of kid that cashes threes all game long for Iowa or Wisconsin. And five minutes after I sent that, Garrick Norman, Um, his interest in his official visit became public. So seems to me like um, every part of the um, arsenal in terms of skill set is covered by coaches over here. And now let's see which ones he can land. But. That does it for this episode. Um, You can see all the content that Corey, myself, our colleagues um, post over on the Shawlane VIP board. And um, until next time, go ahead and subscribe. Check us out over there. And thanks for listening.